0: today's episode of the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. I am your host, Alicia Michelle, your Christian mindset coach. I'm here to help you find practical ways to renew your mind using brain science and biblical truth. We have been talking about creating a new year, new you approach to the upcoming changes that are happening in our lives with 2022 being right around the corner. And it is such a natural time of year to have a fresh start. So we talked about how can we create a mindset. That will help us have a fresh start. We talked last time about goal setting. What does it look like to break down a goal? How can we do that effectively? And I gave you a link to a workshop to be able to do that. So listen to that episode, too. That's 145. And today we are talking just in general about brain hacks for new habits new habits are kind of the focus of the new year. We don't just want to make a change. We want it to be a habit. We know the power of habits. Uh, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits is wildly popular for a good reason. And it's talking about making a small habit and keeping it going over and over and over. And we also know that the power of habit is, is reinforced in our brain because our brain operates on habits. This is how the subconscious mind works, So we can use habit to keep us doing what we want to do. And it becomes automatic. I mean, there have been things that I've been added that have added into my life this year that I've literally, once we've gotten over that hump of creating the habit, which a new habit takes 63 to 67 days to create in the brain, once that's created, it's automatic. It's not something we have to, to battle and fight over. The prefrontal cortex logical part of our mind isn't arguing with us about why we don't want to do it or blah, 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 blah. But we, you know, that thought we go through. So, how can we make things more automatic like that? How can we move them towards a habit, a true habit versus having to battle ourselves? So, I'm going to share with you three specific ways, three of some of my favorite ways to make a habit effective and successful using brain science, using brain hacks, and including other few aspects of understanding ourselves. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But Again, as we talk about these things with creating a new habit, I want you to know this is the part three of all three parts. So You can check out the other two parts to understand more about creating habits and creating goals and, and how to do that and how to create the mindset behind it. And also, I wanted to give you those resources if you want to create a tangible goal itself. That's the goal-setting workshop. That's an on-demand workshop that you can take any time. It's not a fixed time in time. It's a recorded workshop, so you can go through it. You can get all the information about it. You can go through it over and over. It's once you have access to it. And that's vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash goal dash setting dash workshop. And then the resource that really undergirds everything that we teach here on the podcast is the Christian Mindset Makeover. And this is a nine-week course that I teach on demand and live. So it's kind of a combo of both, but it helps you to understand what it means to know how to renew your mind. It helps you understand why you get stuck in things like perfectionism, why you're self-sabotaging, why you cannot shake that worry, that fear, that um, that, that fear, just let go of, of surrender. It helps you understand why you may not be able to understand I feel like, you know, I I just don't know that God loves me. I mean, I've heard God loves me. I've heard that my whole time I've been a Christian, but I can't seem to operate from that helps you to understand what's going on in your brain. So from a brain science perspective, and then also gives you the tools, the specific tools, the plan that you need to be able to move forward. That's based on the science, what we know about brain science, the latest science research and the scriptural truth of what we are given as Christians. So it's this beautiful combination. It's a it's a beautiful journey. Like I said, it's um a 9-week process of 9 weeks of lessons that you can watch at your own time. So it starts anytime that you're ready for it. And the live part is you get the live interaction with me for 12 weeks during as part of your enrollment. So during that 12 weeks You and I get to hang out on Facebook, on a a private Facebook group. We also have Zoom calls twice a month. So you can ask me any questions that you have as you're going through the material. And we also have email support from me for your brain priming process. So it's this beautiful marriage of you can go through the process as you want, but you also have, you know, on your own time and you can watch stuff over and over if you need to but you also have the, the incentive to work with me live and get your questions answered for this limited 12-week time. So anyway, that's the Christian Mindset Makeover. You can learn more about the Christian Mindset Makeover at vibrantchristianliving.com. You'll see it in the, in the menu. It'll say Mindset Makeover. Or we have a free workshop that teaches you the power of transforming your thoughts to transform your life and talks about the Christian mindset makeover and hint gives you a discount to be able to get in the makeover. So it behooves you to go through the workshop first. So it's vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind to choose a workshop time that works for you. And I would love to see you there. All right. Today these brain hacks to create new habits. The first brain hack we're going to talk about is a brain hack that helps you get out of that broken habit pattern. This is that thing that we struggle with where it's like, I can set up the habit and everything's going great, but then I lose interest or something derails me. And that is really the issue of willpower. How can we Get past this issue of just relying on, oh, I'm gonna do it this time. I am gonna make a difference. I am, I am gonna be different. So I want to share with you an audio that I did with my mentor, Dr. Shannon Irvine. She is the one who trained me in the neurocoaching method. And she is my resource on all this stuff on neuroscience. She's a powerful, wonderful speaker and a wonderful woman of God as well. So here is that audio with Dr. Shannon and take a listen. First, if you could start out by sharing a little bit about what you know from brain science about how the brain works in
1: terms of forming habits. What's that process like? We all do in the new year start to like Oh, okay. I'm going to do it this year. This is my year and all of those things. And what we're doing when we're doing that is we're using and I'm going to throw a few sciency geeky words out there but um I'll promise I'll explain them. We we're using our cognitive prefrontal cortex which means we're using our willpower. Yeah. We're using this no different than a muscle that if you sat and you know used a bicep curl for you know you could do it for a little while And then it gets a little harder and then it gets a little bit harder. And then if you're trying to do it past like maybe a hundred of them, you're you've got a noodle for an arm. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what happens to our habits when we go, you know, and try to use willpower only instead of how habits are truly formed in the brain. So to answer your question, how they're formed and how you can actually hardwire them so you're not even thinking about them, so they're automatic, is it really does begin with the thoughts. We know from neuroscience that thoughts create emotion and thoughts and emotion combine after repetition to become a belief. A habit is just a repeated belief. Why that's important is just really understanding the cascade that happens in the brain. And the funny thing about this, or the fun thing about this, and we can dive into that too, is that scripture completely and totally backs all of the scientific research that came up out, out after scripture. Came out. So all of this is in the book. All of this is there, which is really fun. Even like neuroplasticity, synaptic pruning, like the reticular activating system, what you believe you'll see, all those things are in scripture. We could chat about that. But the process in the mind that science is completely, you know, validated now is the thought creates the emotion that combines to become a belief if it's repeated over time. And that belief Every single day you show up, what you believe gets created as a decision in your mind. And from that decision place is where our habits really get created, right? We decide every single day what we'll put in our mouth and what we won't put in our mouth. We think we have some kind of automatic control over it. But the reality is, if you have a pattern programmed in your mind of disbelief Mm -hmm. around something happening, then you've got what we love to call in our community an automated subconscious program that runs 80 to 90% of your daily decisions and actions. If I'm trying to, and I'm just going to pick something out of the sky, like if I'm trying to lose weight or whatever the habit is that you're trying, I'm trying to get a morning routine. We try through willpower, through like muscling it through. When, if we just actually primed it into the thinking that we choose every single day to the point to where we believe it, then the habit is automatic. Then you don't have to think about creating it. It gets created from the inside out. Awesome.
0: I love that. It's so important for us to understand that we can make new changes in our life using willpower. I mean, obviously we have to decide to do something in the moment, but that. When we approach it from a mindset perspective, it doesn't have to be just our prefrontal cortex running the show deciding that we're going to do it. We're setting ourselves up for success with these undergirding kind of mindsets that support it from underneath that help it make it easier to choose the right thing in that moment. So, check out Dr. Shannon's work if you have any more interest in in what she's talking about in terms of how it relates to business, because she specifically helps business women and um, she's very awesome. So, you can check her out at Dr. Shannon Irvin. So the second brain hack for these new habits that I want to talk about comes from behavioral science. And this is from a lady named Dr. Katie Milkman. She has a book called How to Change. And I've really been enjoying this book this fall. It's been super fun to learn about how to make these changes from all these different studies of fields, right? Some from psychology, from brain science, from spirituality. I'm going to be sharing a couple of these here. But Dr. Milkman's perspective is from a brain science, excuse me, from a behavioral science perspective, that's her background. She has an engineering background. So she has a very unique approach of solving these issues of why can't we stay motivated? Why is it so hard to make change? Why do we do what we don't want to do? Kind of that perspective from an engineering perspective, from a puzzle solving kind of mindset, which is so interesting to me. So this book is a great book. But one of the things I wanted to pull out of that in terms of how to make these habits um, was this concept that she talks about about how to make it easy and fun right now by focusing on not just the long term benefit of it, but the right benefit of the of it in the in the short term. So she says that doing the right thing is often unsatisfying in the short term. And would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's like it's not necessarily satisfying to go downstairs and turn on a video and work out for forty minutes but we do it because we know, all right. And like a couple months, my body will look different and, and I'll feel different at the end of the day. We have to, uh, you know, get past that initial feeling of, uh, and so she talks about this idea of um, present bias. It's the the fancy name that scientists use. And this we, we call it impulsivity, right? We know we should take the stairs, but we're tired. We, we you know, we know we shouldn't be angry with a coworker, but it's, it's satisfying to get it out. Or we know we shouldn't eat the donuts that are in the pantry, but we do because we're tired and we're hungry and we just want to eat something. So it's, it's, identifying the forces working against it, right? The reasons why we don't want to do it, the things that are keeping it from happening, the reasons why it's not fun. And then asking yourself, well, how can I make this instantly gratifying? How can I add a spoonful of sugar to the deal? She gives the example of of Mary Poppins and how um, Mary has this ingenious idea in the movie, of course, to make cleaning up the bedroom, the toy room that the, the Banks children have by making it fun. She adds magic and, and, you know, fun little touches to make actually cleaning up the nursery more fun than just saying, go in there and clean it up. So how can we add this spoonful of sugar? And so she was saying that we tend to be overconfident on how easy it is to be self-disciplined when and that's kind of what we were talking about with Dr. Shannon with willpower, because we have this, this, eyes in the long-term prize as our motivation. And so we think that future me will be able to make good choices, but often present me succumbs to temptation. That's how she puts it. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly so true. Don't we over, overestimate what we will do. And so we put this rosy spin on things like next time it'll be better. Next time we'll be able to do it next time to make a good choice. And it's not a pessimistic kind of a, of a perspective to say that it not necessarily is going to happen that way. That's just, I think a realistic perspective that I was human in the past and that's why I didn't make this good choice. I'm probably going to be human in the future too, and may not make this good choice. So what she suggests is not just relying on willpower, like we talked about with Dr. Shannon. And so from, we talked about it from a brain science perspective, what we can do to help that, but she's talking about it from this behavioral science perspective with temptation bundling. So this helps with that self-control, that impulsivity, the present bias thing by combining the the actual habit we're trying to create with something that we really want to do or something that would be enjoyable so she talks about negative um this negative thing combining with something positive like if you don't want to exercise you can bundle um doing something else while you're exercising as part of it so she says like she combined her love for reading novels with her trips to the gym so she only allowed herself to read these nonfiction novels while she was working out And so she's like, she's used to think, she says that pedicures were a waste of time. So she only allowed herself to get one when she had school reading to do. This is when she was in grad school. So another idea would be like um, only binge watching shows when you're folding laundry or cooking, you know, doing things you don't want to do. For me, this is what it looks like. I created this habit. My husband and I created this habit this year of walking every morning. And we get out, we get up, we do our thing. But what keeps me motivated And what keeps me doing it is that I get to listen to nonfiction books like this book by Katie. I get to listen to my nonfiction books on that walk. And I don't really have time to listen to it throughout the rest of the day. I do sometimes in the car, if there's no kids in the car, because they really don't want to listen to that obviously. But to me, I am such a nerd about learning, especially about stuff with related to the brain and mindset that I just am like, yes, I want to read all these books, but I don't have time for that. So what I do is on this walk, I listen to my nonfiction books. I take notes on the books. So I'm really killing two birds with one stone. I'm able to just write these things down. I use that in podcasts like this. I use it in books that I may write in courses all the time. In fact, the reason why I'm able to share with you this stuff about Dr. Milkman's research is because I was listening to it on a walk. So it's really awesome. Maybe you listen to a podcast like this when you're on a walk. This time for me is really, really encouraging. It allows me to just step out and to see my whole day, to, to, to feel like I'm feeding myself the way that I want to. And that is the point. It's what matters to me. It's important to me. Maybe you don't care about reading nonfiction books. Maybe that's not interesting to you. But I am such a nerd, I'll admit it, that I love learning and I love being able to have that time already set up for me every day where I can do that. And you know, honestly, sometimes I use that time as a time of escape. I will listen to a fiction book instead. And so I'm like, I just, if I've been reading a lot of books or listening to a lot of books and my brain needs a break, I will look to that time as a time where I can just listen to this other story about someone else's life and zone out. And that's powerful too. So it allows me to get in this daily workout. Now, let me just say that I have had to make that trade-off. I've had to make the trade-off of deciding I am not going to do a super heavy hardcore workout that includes weights and includes you know all the things that I used to do, but I'm going to do this walking instead because walking gives me so much more joy and it allows me to be much more consistent. I would much rather walk every day and know that I'm going to be walking and have it be pleasurable than to try to force myself to work out maybe 3 or 4 days a week on this really intense workout schedule not to mention the fact that it sometimes hurts my neck and triggers other things in my body. So for me, I had to decide what would be most helpful. And so this behavioral science of temptation bundling has been super helpful for me to make these new habits work. Do you find it hard to let go of worry? Do you struggle with feeling like you're never enough? Or maybe you're frustrated because you can't make the changes you want in your life, losing the weight, starting new habits, or growing in a certain area. Both brain science and scripture show that every action we take starts first with a thought. If we change our thoughts, we can change our results. So what are the most effective ways to change our thoughts according to the latest neuroscience research and timeless biblical wisdom? Well, I want to give you the inside scoop at this free workshop. Sign up now. Now at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind, you'll discover why it makes sense you're stuck in toxic thought patterns. You'll debunk three popular myths about overcoming negative thoughts. So many women are stuck in these, and you'll learn a simple three-step strategy to manage negative thoughts in the moment. I mean, this powerful tool alone is worth coming to the workshop. Plus, you'll get an inside look at the Christian Mindset Makeover, the only course that equips Christian women with powerful brain science and biblically based tools to break free from negative thoughts and. Only nine weeks. Go now to vibrant Christian living.com forward slash mind to sign up for this amazing free workshop to learn how to transform your thoughts to transform your life. That's vibrant Christian com forward slash mind. I'll see you there. I love this. The other one that, that kind of relates to this topic is this idea of letting it be easy. And this is a book actually called Let It Be Easy by a business coach of mine. Her name is Susie Moore she is fabulous. And her concept is about helping business owners or women create the life that they want and how to get out of our own way, right? How to how to not let our own decisions and fears get in the way. And she, in this book talks, let it be easy, talks about just letting go of those things that make it harder than it needs to be. And I know for me, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing for you too, if you're anything like me, I'm really good at making things harder than they need to be. So how can I make it easy? How can I stop the self-sabotage in this? How can I just learn to let some stuff go? And that really goes into this third one, this third brain hack that I want to talk about. And this is a brain hack that comes in under the light, I would say of spirituality as well. This is a concept that or probably for the last six months or so has really been something that God has been working on me on, And I have seen dramatic and exciting changes inside of myself, just releasing kind of changes because God has allowed me to develop this mindset. And that is the concept of failure and success and what it means to be successful. I mentioned it a little bit in the previous episode in the series, but I just want to go more into this because When we can create this and use this as a brain hack for creating habits, it makes such a difference. I now have the ability to make room for failure and to not be afraid of failure when creating a habit. And I'm a lot more flexible and much more willing to experiment than I would have been before. So let me explain what I'm saying. I have defined success as an immovable target. I've defined that my success is based on obeying God. My identity is secure in him, that there's nothing that can change how he views me, how he takes care of me. He will never love me more or less than right now. So I don't have to prove myself to him. I don't have to do these certain things to be loved by him. I can just work and exist and try new things from the foundation that I'm loved, that I'm enough, that I'm accepted, that I'm worthy. And so if that's true, then as I step out and I look to success, all I really need to be concerned about then is obedience. All I have to do is obey God. If God is calling me to do something, then all I have to do is do it. That's it. Of course, it's not always easy to just do it, but that is my calling. That is my responsibility. Whatever comes of the effort if it's quote successful in the sense of it produces a certain outcome that I want, that's up to God. My responsibility is to obey God. So it doesn't matter, right? Like the Christian mindset makeover, that was something that I had to do out of obedience to God because I felt like the coaching that I was doing was fabulous and getting great results. But it was limited and that I could only offer coaching to a certain number of people because I only have so much time in a day. And it was cost prohibitive to many people because it's more expensive because I have to work one-on-one with you. So when God gave me the idea to be able to streamline it and put it in a course and to be able to offer it so that people could go through it at their own pace and to be able to offer it at a highly reduced price basis versus one-on-one coaching, it was like I needed to be obedient to follow through in creating the course and to putting this curriculum together whatever happens with it, whether there's millions of people that go through it or five people that go through it, it doesn't matter because the success, my success is creating this habit that would have built the course. That is what my success is defined by. Did I do what God told me to do? Was I obedient in that? So when we think of it like that, it becomes much easier to create a new habit. It becomes the flexibility is much it's much more evident. We can do what we need to do without feeling the pressure of like, what if I mess up? What if I don't do this? It doesn't matter because like we just said, my identity is secure. My idea of being successful is not tied to the outcome of this habit or of this, this, this goal. It is completely related to who I am in Christ. And that is immovable. So this is um, something that, like I said, God has been working on me in for a good six to nine months now. And when we make these big subconscious changes, it's something that we we notice sometimes, but we often notice it most prominently when we're put back in a situation that might've triggered it again. So last week I tried a pottery class for the first time. And now I haven't taken pottery since I was in college, which was like 20 some years ago. Okay. It's been a while since I've been in a pottery class, but I remember really liking it. And I remember thinking it was fun. And It was something that is being offered at a a local art studio in town. And I thought, I'm going to do it. Why not? You know, this is part of what my goal is in 2022 is to be what I'm calling more human. So I am just trying to make room for new experiences, for people, being real with them, listening to them, loving them, being generous, like I mentioned previously, just allowing myself room to to be tired some days and and to make mistakes and things like that, being human. And I thought, okay, this is part of being human. Let's, let's learn this. Let's do this. I went to the class and what was so interesting is pottery. If you've ever done it, like throwing pottery on a wheel, it looks really easy. It is not really easy. And as I was sitting there, um, I I was just thinking about um, when I, my friend asked me later that night, Oh, how'd the pottery class go? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Like how'd it go? She's like, what did you make? That was the question she said, what did you make? And I said, well, I made about 11 different things and every single one of them fell down until the very end when I made a cup, right? I made a cup and I will work on that next week. And so the reason why I'm telling you this story Is because when I was going through that process of all 11 of those things, I don't even know it was around there. I wasn't even counting, but it was just a lot of things where I would build it up and it would be looking good. And then something would happen and it would fall down. When I, before I had done this work on success and being content with the uh, experimental side of it and being secure in who I was, I literally would have been crying if that had been happening to me. I mean, I would have felt like, why can't I get this? What is wrong with me? I'm so stupid. Like, you should know. You just follow the steps. Well, he's telling you what to do, the teacher, right? Why can't you just do it? And I instead, without even realizing it, was just kind of laughing about the whole process. Like, oh, okay. That one didn't work either. Like, here we go again. And I wasn't wasn't mad at myself. I just thought, this is so interesting. And driving home, I really recognized and began just praising God because I was like, Lord, You did this in me. You gave me the ability to embrace something new, a new habit, a new, a new adventure in my life without the pressure of it defining that if I'm good or bad or not, like, you know, just another evidence of me not being good enough, that kind of thing. It was really this beautiful opportunity to just try and to just see I'm learning. And next week, when I go back, those little pieces are still going to be waiting for me. And I'm going to just see what happens next. So having that mindset did not just come because I believed it because someone had told me just you're going to be fine just you know whatever comes comes that was not there because of that it was because I had learned how to redefine success. I had learned how to make room for failure. I had learned that foundational truth that there's nothing that can shake my identity. So my success is just in obeying God. And that's all that I need to worry about. Everything else is just experimenting and having fun. So I hope that those three things are really encouraging and helpful for you, not relying on willpower, what Dr. Chenna talked about, help us to stop, stay stuck on that broken habit pattern finding a practical way using behavioral science to make it easy and fun right now and getting out of our own way. What we talked about with, with Dr. Katie Milkman. And then how can we use spirituality in this brain hack with habits with uh, making room for failure, defining success as an immovable target and our identity in God, how can we be solid in those things? And again, all three of those things, especially the final thing, definitely comes down to creating and addressing the mindsets that are inside underneath. As I just shared with you, I can't, I could not have just told myself a thousand times, well, your success is is already defined for you, right? I had to get to the root of why was I already having that different mindset? And that's the kind of work we do in the Christian mindset makeover. So highly encourage you to check that out. You can go to vibrant Christian living.com forward slash mind to get access to that free workshop that tells you more and gives you practical tools, even in the workshop, free, free things, right? Right. Then you can walk away with on how to renew your mind, how to transform your thoughts. And it gives you inside scoop into the Christian mindset makeover and a way to get a discount on it. So check it out, vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. And I hope to see you there. All right. I am always here to continue to dialogue with you about these things on Instagram. I would love to hear from you how this series has been helpful. What have been some of the biggest takeaways for you? What are some things you're going to try differently this year with your New Year's goal planning and habit forming? And how are you going to approach it from a different perspective? What's your next step in this? So hit me up on Instagram at Vibrant Christian Living. I would love to hear from you there. And I want to let you know that I'm going to be taking a break between Christmas and New Year's. So as to spend time with family to give my podcasting team a break. And so this is a great chance for you to catch up on previous episodes, do some binge listening, or just spend extra time with family and loved ones and God and enjoy the season. So I hope you enjoy this wonderful time of year is literally one of my favorite times of year, the week between Christmas and New Year's, because it's like the celebration of the holidays, the pressure that might be there is gone. And there's just this in-between loveliness where we can, dream and think ahead and really get quiet with God. So I pray that you can take that time to do that. And whatever that looks like for you, listening to some other episodes to encourage you or just being silent beforehand. So I appreciate you and I am cheering for you on this journey as you start off for your fresh start for the new year. And I will see you in the new year. I look forward to our conversations then. Take care, friend. Thanks for joining me today. Please go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash podcast, scroll down, and then click on this episode to get the full show notes and more info on the resources that we talked about. And if you love this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review in your favorite podcast player. I look forward to seeing you back here for next week's episode.